Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver, your host. And today with me is Gary Schneeberger. And Gary is a PR expert. Now, there's probably more to, to your title there, Gary. But before I let Gary introduce himself, I'm looking through his past accomplishments. And it's really very impressive. I mean, he's advised Hollywood studios like Universal, Warner Brothers, 20th Century Fox, in television networks like USA, History Channel. And I love that he's also advised some global ministries like Focus on the Family. I, I lived in Colorado for 20 years, and the Focus on the Family complex down in Colorado Springs is very impressive. And publishing houses like Simon & Schuster. Now, I, I wish Simon & Schuster would want me to write a book, but they haven't called or anything yet. So I, I always say yet, Gary, because you never know. And go. Gary's an author himself, and I'm not going to tell you the name of his book yet because I, I want to save that for later in the show. But Gary, welcome to the show, and thank you for spending the time and sharing with our audience today. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure, and thanks for having me on, Jim. I do appreciate any opportunity to hear the sound of my own voice, so uh, this is great. <laughs> you you know, kind of hit the highlights for sure. I have been in public relations now for the last 17 years or so. Prior to that. I was in the communications business as a journalist. So I've been on both sides of the microphone. And journalists will say that what I did 17 years ago in switching from newspapers, journalism into public relations was cross over to the dark side because, you know, there's a, there's a camaraderie among journalists that, uh, and, it, and it is true, you feel like you serve a noble purpose. You're elucidating truth for people. And then in public relations, you know, people want to call you a flack, people want to call you this and that. But I've discovered the difference is minimal in the sense that what I do now is still help people articulate their voice. What are the distinctives that they have to offer potential clients, potential customers, the public, and then help them articulate that in a way that will arrest attention and raise awareness. And yeah, along the way that builds the bottom line a little bit. That's awesome. And you know, you're also an author of a bestseller, Bite the Dog, which I love that title. So you're going to have to explain it to me. But tell me about Bite the Dog. Sure. First day of my reporting career, I was a I was the backup cops and courts reporter at a newspaper in Racine, Wisconsin, near my hometown. And you know, green kid just out of college. And the veteran cops and courts reporter, who was the first chair of cops and a courts reporter, came over and told me that when I'm I'm out looking for stories. What I'm looking for are not stories where a dog bites a man. His reasoning was dogs have been biting man since the two species got to look at each other. <laughs> what I was looking for, usually figuratively, but occasionally literally, what I was looking for were stories where a man bites a dog because those are the unusual stories. That was his way of saying stories that go beyond what's expected and surprise people take people by surprise, you know, uh, arrest their attention, exceed or upset their expectations. So Bite the Dog as a PR book, the idea is how to take what you do as an author, expert, speaker, coach, consultant, entrepreneur, organizational head, how to take that 
and find those those levers you can push and pull to find those things that will exceed and upset expectations so people take notice. So when you say that, and which I think is really cool, it reminds me a little bit of Malcolm Gladwell. I mean, like how Malcolm Gladwell will, you know, revisionist history, or if you've read Outliers, or he takes kind of something that you think is obvious that the what the message is and and turns it and reveals to you that that's really maybe not the message, right? Right, yeah. The great thing about doing what I do is that every day, by the time you and I finish this conversation, there will be a different media landscape, a different cultural landscape than there was when we started. And there are opportunities in that media cultural landscape to take what a client does, to take what makes a client distinctive, what a client offers as a product or as a service or as a as a philosophy and plug that into that, that milieu. Great example. I have a client, former general manager of the Cincinnati Reds, and his claim to fame, his, his passion right now, if you're familiar with the concept of tanking, sports teams that decide, let's not put the best team on the field right now because we can get a bunch of draft picks, and in three or four years after we lose 100 games each year, we can have a World Series or a championship team. My own Chicago Cubs did that. They tanked their way to eventually having enough players to win the World Series. But my client, you know, he wants to end tanking. And then the way he wants to do it is to revolutionize the draft across sports and say, the last place team, the worst record should never be rewarded. Losing should never be something that you want to do, that you, that you seek to do. It shouldn't be rewarded. So his view is the team that just misses the playoffs should get the number one draft pick. Now, that's shocking in this day and age where people think it has to be the last place team gets the draft pick. But all of that led to, when I talk about plugging that into the, the, what's going on in the marketplace and in the culture, what that has led to over the course of time is my client, because we got him an an op-ed in the Washington Post talking about this, over the course of a period of time, he has consulted with Adam Silver the commissioner of the NBA to yeah. discuss the draft and revamping the draft. Now, nothing has changed yet, but when you're someone who has a passion and you want to do more than just sell books, that's nice, but you want to actually change something, what is going to lead to it more than having one of the, the heads of one of the four pro sports leagues talking to you about your ideas to change the draft? That's the power at the end of the day of, strategically crafted and applied public relations. If we hadn't gotten him that op-ed, he's written a book and that's great, but his book is sort of his ideas. He's talking about it. Once the Washington Post stepped in and ran his op-ed, it was third-party affirmation. Somebody lent him their megaphone and that, I mean, the commissioner said so. That was something that made him take notice and got my client on the phone with the commissioner. Wow, that's incredible right there. Just that that's a that's an incredible story. You know, by the way, I understand tanking too cuz I'm a Raiders fan and <laughs> I've been long suffering, you know, but something that you said right there about the opportunities that came from that op-ed reminds me of Robert Kiyosaki and when Robert Kiyosaki wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad, it was a manual for how to play his cash flow game. But he got an appearance on Oprah. Right. And that appearance on Oprah made that book a bestseller and 
in one of the most popular books of all time in the last, uh, you know, 30, 40 years. So that's PR, right? That's, that's, you know, he's on Oprah. That's what it is. So I think that just because I wasn't a journalist major, I did spend some time in Missouri at Missouri that, that is a great journalism school, but how is public relations different than advertising or marketing? I mean, explain that, Gary. In 2014, Nielsen did a study that found, and this is a, this number shocked me when I was writing my book because it was so high, that earned media, public relations, is almost 90%, that's 9-0, 90% more effective than advertising in getting affinity for your brand. Hmm. The reason that is, if you really think about it just for a second, it's pretty self-evident. In advertising, you are paying for, you are saying what makes you great. Mm-hmm. In earned media, in news coverage, when Oprah does a story on you, when the Washington Post publishes your op-ed, it's third-party affirmation of how good you are. Either directly, Oprah says, wow, this is the greatest book ever, or in the case of my client in the Washington Post, they loaned him their megaphone to reach their audience. The secret of public relations is your audience is not the press. The press, to use another sports metaphor, is like the defense at the goal line. You have to get through them to get to the end zone. If you can hook the press to do a story on you, then they give you access to, they open the door to, they give you the key to unlock their audience. And that's what happened in the case of Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oprah said, here's my audience. Here's the people who follow me, who believe that what I say carries with it some merit. So you have an implied, in her case, I'm certain, an actual endorsement of that book. And that can make things, that is an absolute key ingredient in the soup that leads to virality in today's culture. A lot of people don't think about it. A lot of people think about marketing and advertising and and SEO and all those kinds of things. But earned media is is an essential part of that. And here's the thing, taking my industry and your industry and kind of, you know, using the language of, of one to speak to the other, like money, news can be made. Media mm. coverage can be earned. So there are, there are definite strategies to do that. And it all does hinge upon, yeah, some of it comes from meeting expectations. Most of it comes from exceeding expectations and upsetting expectations. And that's the biting the dog part. You know, this is really incredible information. And, and I got to make sure that I stay focused because I'm, you know, interviewing you in a podcast, but my brain is going to how you could help us with Create Tailwind get public relations and earn media. So, so if I, if I get a little scattered here, just help, <laughs> help me get back to the interview. But, you know, you, you talk about how your clients can always be in charge of any interview they do. And, and here's the thing that I think about, whether I'm a doctor, whether I'm a business owner who is uh, bidding a job, whether I'm an entrepreneur, whether I'm a real estate investor, which a lot of people in our audience are or want to be, you know, how do I, how do I control? And you say you can guarantee clients can be in control of that interview they do, this earned media and the t- third party validation, or what'd you call it? Third party what? Affirmation. Affirmations. Okay. I, I, by, by the way, I'm like taking notes as I'm interviewing you. So audience, I hope that uh, this is as compelling to you as it is to me. I'm sure it is. You know, so when you say that you guarantee clients that they can always be in charge of any interview they do, what do you mean by that? 
I'm glad you're taking notes, Jim, and I would encourage anybody else who wants to take notes to get the pen out. I'll give you a second to uncap it because I'm going to give you the secret right now, and it is an absolute guarantee. It has never failed 100% of the time. It's an absolute guarantee. If you want to make sure that you are in charge of any interview you do, this is the one thing you have to do. Are you ready? Yep. Do the interview. (laughs) Okay. And the reason I say that is that Many people believe, I mean, that the journalist is in charge. And the simple reality of it is the journalist is not in charge. At the end of the day, they need you more than you need them. Think about this right now. As you and I sat down here to have a conversation, if you asked me the first question and I didn't say anything, you wouldn't have a, I mean, you'd get another podcast for sure, but you wouldn't have a podcast with me. In other words, if you wanted to have the topic that I was going to talk about covered with me, I've got to be an active participant. So if someone is doing an interview, you are in charge. Your agenda, if you prepare, your agenda will carry the day. Yes, you will get asked questions, but how you answer those questions is completely up to you. It doesn't mean you're evasive, but one way to do it is, you know, someone asks you a question, well, you know, you know, a study has found that advertising is, um, you know, uh, better in client acquisition than, uh, you know, earned media is, or, you know, when you pay a high price firm to do something, I can get that question, which is designed to sort of knock me off balance, which is designed to make me serve the agenda of the journalist. And I can simply say something like, you know, that's a very interesting question. But the reality of the situation as I see it is, and then just run my talking point. Again, to extend the sports metaphor, I call it the bump and run. You can acknowledge the question. You can acknowledge the question very respectfully, but have your talking points, have the things you want to say there so you can get them across. So when I say I can guarantee you're going to be in control of it, if you walk into the interview with three things you want to say and you look for opportunities, even if you're not asked those questions, to say those things, to make connections, to bring those things together, if you get a little training to help you do it, at the end of the time, you're going to have that interview is going to have served your purposes because you will have gotten your three points out. As long as you are prepared, you have your three points written down, you have them, you know, especially if you're in a talk radio situation where you know, the host likes the sound of his own voice more than he likes the sound of your voice, you know, write them down, good tip is to write down the one point. If you only had one point to make, write it down in 25 words, 15 words, and five words, because you may only get five words. When I was that focus on the family, I put one of our spokespeople on the set of the Tyra Banks talk show. It's an mm. hour long talk show. He didn't get to say anything the whole time because <laughs> <laughs> there was all these people fighting and he didn't get to say anything. And that's how it can be. Sometimes you can be restricted. So that guarantee is to say it is to shock people into saying, Oh yeah, the journalist doesn't control this. I do, you know, and there are, there are ways to do it. If you, you know, if you study how to do an interview, use silence to your advantage. Most people hate silence in conversation. Use silence to your advantage with the journalist and the journalist will speak before you do. They're going to try to make you speak because they understand that too, but you can wait them out. If you're knowledgeable about those things, you can make, you can make absolutely sure that your talking points get said during the interview. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're explaining a lot of this from a perspective that honestly, I've just never heard anybody explain it. I mean, I've had a lot of marketing firms contact me over the years and tell me how they're going to, you know, uh, promote, you know, here, write a book and I'll promote it. It's going to be an Amazon bestseller, blah, 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 blah. 
and how you know we can get you at the top of the search pages and what I mean I've heard so many of these things but I don't think I've ever heard anybody say hey let us show you to how to to use public relations and earn media third-party affirmations so Gary tell me how you work with your clients so like let's say there's somebody in the audience that says and I want to learn more about how 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 do I work with Gary yeah I mean uh, simple way is Let's talk. I mean, you can go to my website. Our firm's website is weroar.la. You can go there. There's a, you know, you can see the services we offer, and you can sign up for a for a half an hour phone consultation with me. That's the simplest way to do it to see if there's something that that we can do to help. But really, the 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 starting point, and and this is critical for people to understand. And I, I tell this to all clients in the on ramping process. Do not expect that in the first month, two months, there's going to be, you know, robust media placements because we've got to understand and we've got to help you understand what your distinctives are. And it's interesting, Jim, that you brought up a book. I work with a lot of authors. And it was funny, when I wrote my book, I had to learn this and you'd think I'd know it, but I sort of came out of the gate wrong. The message of the book is for readers. My job in working with an author is to pull the ideas out of the book. Because the book is, has a shelf life to generate media interest of only, you know, a, a month tops. I mean, think back to Michelle Obama. There was a time six months ago, Michelle Obama was on every television show imaginable. When's the last time you saw Michelle Obama on a television show? Right. Five months ago. Because the book is off. You know, the, uh, the charts and the new books come in. What, what we do at Roar is we'll go into the book and we'll pull out the ideas in that book that will be relevant today, tomorrow, next year, five years from now. What are those ideas? So we, we translate the book message into a media message. Same thing with working with a corporation, with a company. We translate the mission message. There's a missional, there's a mission statement. There's a, a reason to be for the company. We've got to work with you to find out what is the value proposition? What do you offer that translates into something that will catch the media's attention so that they say, oh yeah, here's my audience. I want to talk to you. When I talk to you, you'll be able to go to the audience. So the first step in working with us is to find that out. One of the first things we do is an exercise we call create a value proposition. And that is to look at what you do, what you offer, and what makes it different and distinct from the way other people offer it. And from that, we, there, that is the, the, the batter from which we can bake a whole bunch of cookies, stuff that goes on websites, pitches that go to the media, elevator speeches when you want to tell people about what your company does, what your, you know, your backyard business does. That's step one. And that's where I tell people, you know, don't expect this off the bat to start pitching you places. Now, here's what ends up happening. That op-ed I mentioned earlier that got in the Washington Post, that happened two weeks after the, uh, this client signed on with me. Oops. Wow. Oops. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, don't expect the Washington Post every week. And, you know, the good thing about that is that happened, you know, two weeks into our working relationship. And the Adam Silver conversations have just happened in the last two or three months. So there is, you know, a process that develops. But the first, you know, anybody who would come to you, I'd say this, any PR marketing firm that would come to you and say, we're going to get you immediate coverage for your book, you know, I'd look at with a wary eye because you can't, there's one, you know, I can guarantee you can be in control of an interview. I absolutely can guarantee it. If you seize control of it, if you make sure that you stick to your talking points, I can guarantee that. I can't guarantee your coverage. I can find all kinds of angles to help you get coverage. 
and we can you know put your best rhetorical foot forward to make that happen but at the end of the day i don't control the producers of the today show uh, ellen everybody wants to be on ellen i don't control ellen i don't control your hometown paper but i've had enough success we've had enough success as a team the roar team we've had enough success in getting people placed that we have reasonable expectation that we're going to get people placed moving forward and that's proven thankfully to be the case that's that's really cool by the way it's it's a really weird thing. What do you mean you you talk to people? There's no like automatic sales funnel that they go into and then they yeah. come out for nine ninety seven on the other end or something. It really is one of the things. And if you talk to journalists, you know, if you listen to journalists, they'll say they don't have a lot of respect for a lot of PR folks sometimes because I heard one editor of uh, Entrepreneur Magazine describe it as PR people who contact him and act as if they're ordering hot dogs off a menu. Um, you know, I'll have the Chicago dog with uh, some extra relish and it's like they're asking they're asking for something rather than offering something right part of what we do as public relations professionals is to offer them something what that's why we want to find out what the distinctive is because we want to offer them something that's why we want the distinctive to be something that exceeds or upsets expectations because we want it to be um, something that they're going to want that's going to benefit them i've been a reporter I know what it's like to have a PR guy call me up and say, hey, my client's in this new movie. You should do an interview on him. Right. Okay, well, that's great. Tell me why. Why will my audience care about my doing that? So I've been on the other side of the questions and I've dealt with PR people who don't necessarily handle it right. We've got to be able to offer them something that is going to make them open the door to their audiences. And that's where it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a persuasive dance, but it's not a guarantee for sure. You know, what's interesting is I've talked to, I don't know how many marketing firms over the years. And, you know, this is what they always say to me is, well, we have this great idea on how to make you the, you know, the, the uh, most known infinite banking expert in the country. And, but we're not going to tell you how we're going to do that, but this is what it costs. And it's this much per month. And there's no, they don't want to tell me their plan because I've had some people tell me, well, you're going to take my plan and um, have somebody else do it. Well, why the heck would I do that? It's your plan. How do I know somebody else could execute it? But, but right. it's always the same thing where there's, it's just that same old mundane thing of, okay, we're going to do videos and we're going to do sales funnels and we're, we're going to do these things. And, and I never can get a clear vision. And that's why I've really never hired any of those firms because I can never get a clear vision of, how are you going to help me get my message out to people? And really what we do by showing people how to take over the banking function in their lives is a paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. And the only way to make people have a paradigm shift is they have to have an aha moment, but it's not, it's not telling them that their baby's ugly or their old paradigm <laughs> is wrong. It's right. showing them a better way and them deciding, you know, uh, Bertrand Russell says that you know, he doesn't say this anymore because he's dead, but he, he used to, he, he's been quoted as saying 85% of people would rather die than think. Mm. I honestly believe that's true, but the people that are listening to this podcast, I would hope that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's 85% of them at least think. And so you know, I've never been able to buy into some of the people that do what we do, but they're better marketers. You know, it's just never appealed to me because we really give our clients a lot of one-on-one -on -one service and we want them to come to us, right? We, 
we're not great at going out and generating just tons of, you know, quote, leads of prospects. I mean, that's not what we're looking to do. We're looking to be the preeminent experts in the United States for infinite banking. Yep. And, and I like the PR approach way better than anything that I've ever heard on the marketing approach. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I did when I founded Roar, and it's been three years now, and I left, I was in Hollywood. Uh, I was working for a, a firm that marketed faith-based films and secular films with a faith-based, that, that, had, that had a faith-based angle to them in some way. One of the great examples of that was the, the Superman uh, reboot, Man of Steel. I remember somebody asked me, why is your firm marketing Man of Steel, the faith-based audience? And I'm like, it's a story about an otherworldly father who sends his only son to earth to save mankind. I read that in a book somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so, but one of the reasons that I left that city, that life, that, that work and started Roar as kind of a boutique firm to help for lack of a better term, little guys is because, you know, it's in kind of the, the missional uh, on the back of my business card is to help people change hearts with what's in their heart. Because so many people have great ideas and so many people have great products and so many people have great visions. How do you translate that into something that will attract media? And, you know, for whatever reason, that's where I've landed, you know, in media one way or the other for the last 30 plus years. And I'd like to think I've learned a little bit in there. And if I can offer that stuff to people, I mean, nothing is more exciting than to see somebody, you know, I have a client who uh, she's written a book on, it's called Vigilance, great book about how women can seize control of their own safety, preparedness, self-protection measures. And all these horrible things we hear about, rideshare murders and um, mm. what's happening overseas with you know, Americans being kidnapped. All that happened right around the time, you know, it, it really blew up in the press right around the time that her book came out. And we, you know, we went to the, the uh, New York Times and got the letter to the editor in the New York Times. Well, I've been doing this for 17 years. I've only gotten one other letter to the editor in the New York Times. And for the rest of her life, the beauty of public relations is for the rest of her life, she is someone whose insights on this subject have been featured in the New York Times. That's the reason why when you go to somebody's website, it says on their About Us page, as seen in, and here's a bunch of labels. That's why if you go to my website, you'll see here's people I've worked with with a bunch of logos. That is the beauty of, of PR is that once you get that placement, it lives forever and they begin to build one on top of the other. And they all don't have to be the Washington Post or the New York Times. They can be your local paper because those things are links too. those things, you know, show up. If you do a Google alert, best advice I can give someone, if you want to see what's going on in your industry, Google offers these free things called Google alerts. Go to google.com slash alerts. And you can type in any phrase you want, you know, banking, although you'd be inundated, but you can take some form of banking and you can see what's being written in the news in real time or once a day. And the beauty of that is, again, as I said at the outset, you know, I don't know what's happened in the world of banking in the time we've been on this call. I don't know what's happened in the world of tanking <laughs> uh, as we've been on this call. It's, it's exciting. And you can see in real time through Google alerts, just what's going on in the in, in your area of expertise. And that gives you then, you know, people who are writing about this, you know, people who you can reach out to when they do follow-up stories, you know, people who you can get in, I'll show my age a little bit, get in their Rolodex, right? Get in their iPhones. You can get in their iPhone so that 
all journalists are looking for new sources. My wife is also in PR. And just today, someone who she placed a client with sent her a note. She got into the iPhone of a reporter who writes for Forbes magazine in USA Today. That is huge for a PR person to be able to have, not just be able to reach out to that person, to have that person reach out to you because they know you supply them good guests. The thing I'm most proud of, if you go to my website, weroar.la, the thing I'm most proud of, is not a political statement, it's just a journalistic statement, is what Sean Hannity says in endorsing my firm. He says that if you are a news organization, if Gary pitches you somebody, listen, because he's always brought me good guests. That's the best compliment a source can ever pay a PR person. Wow. That's awesome. So Gary, would you, would you recommend if somebody is just kind of, you know, interested in learning more, would they go to the website and then schedule that time? Like you said earlier, would they buy the book, do both? What, what would you recommend? Depends on how quickly you want to operate. Books are pretty quick read. The book really is designed as a, as a step-by-step process of understanding what PR is, understanding how to identify your distinctives, and then sort of going through the process of building an infrastructure so that you can then engage. You know, I'll be honest, you know, the book is not, it is not going to open the door to every room in the house. You know, part, I mean, I got to keep some of the doors locked so that someone might want to hire me. You know what I mean? But there's some stuff there. Uh, There's some definitely, there's some good tips in there about how to prepare for an interview, how to conduct yourself in an interview. Um, you know, things as simple as whenever you're doing an interview, I'm doing it right now, even though we're not on video, I'm trying to smile because you can hear the smile in people's voices. Um, Absolutely. Do that and it'll make a huge difference if you're in a radio kind of interview. So there's, you know, the book's a good place to start to get a, to get a feel for what we've done at Roar, what I've done myself, um, a little bit of my personality is all kinds of anecdotes and weird stuff. Uh, chapter five is everything I've ever learned about PR. I've learned from Steven Seagal uh, <laughs> because if you ever watch Steven Seagal's movies, Steven Seagal's form of martial arts is a key villain, and that is using the other guy's leverage against him. Guys come at Steven Seagal, flips him. Public relations is all about that. It's taking what's in the marketplace of ideas and leveraging that to your advantage. It's the exact same thing. Steven Seagal talks about it as, you know, blending, moving, and blocking. I talk about it as meeting, exceeding, and upsetting expectations. Um, so that was, the, that was the most fun of the whole book. I wrote four pages on Steven Seagal's best fight scene in Out to Kill. So nice. uh, yeah, it's, awesome. uh, it's, uh, it's, it, that was extraordinarily fun. So yeah, the book's a good place to start, but Absolutely. Go to the website, look around. Uh, you can buy the book off the website and then set up a phone call. It's free, 30 minutes. So let's chat about you know, what your goals are and how, how we think we can help you achieve them. That's awesome. I'm definitely intrigued and I'm sure a lot of people in the audience are and uh, will go to your website. In fact, I'm looking at your website as we speak. So, And I love the... the uh, uh, I read somewhere that faith-based movies really outperform you know, from a ROR standpoint, so many other movies. And, and I think there's such a, a cool audience for that. One of the things about infinite mm-hmm. banking is it's biblical. If you look at the New Testament, there's money is mentioned more than any other subject. Right. And, and it's, we, we're told how to handle our money. And that's part of what this podcast is about, is breaking away from a wealth standpoint but it's also what I see PR as I'm kind of learning from you over the last 20 or 30 minutes is PR is a way to break away 
in its own right. It's a, it's a different way of breaking away from a wealth standpoint. So that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a way, it's a way to create awareness of what you do and what you offer that brings instant credibility and gravitas to what you do and you don't have to pay for it. I mean, there are places that, you know, there are places who will, you know, say, I get emails like this all the time, you know, pay X number of dollars and you get your client. And, uh, you know, that's not earned media. That's paid media. And it's, yeah. you know, it's sadly the way things operate in some places, but good old earned media still happens. Good old, I've got a good story. Someone's got a good product. They've got a unique way of presenting that product. They've got unique success stories with people who've done that product. That's still happening all the time. I still got reporters. We've still got reporters that we talk to all the time who are like, oh my gosh, that's a great story. Gary, I probably could talk to you about this all day because I'm learning every everything that you say. I'm writing down and learning and taking notes, like I said. But uh, I, I would encourage the audience to go to Gary's website, get the book, and we're big advocates for continuing to educate ourselves and in both financially and other subjects like public relations and earned media, third-party affirmations. I'm definitely going to be using those concepts. So, Gary, thank you so much for, for spending time with us today and, and sharing some very insightful views and information. You know, thank you for having me. It's, it, it's always nice to talk to different kinds of audiences. So hopefully somebody, uh, even though this isn't kind of a communications business leadership sort of audience, hopefully people found some stuff here that's helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Until next time, don't be part of the herd. Break away. And you learned today a little bit about breaking away from a public relations standpoint. So thank you. Until next time, I'm Jim Oliver, your host. Break away. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.